Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the designfootball.com podcast. This is a Manchester United special. My name is Jay. I am the resident blogger on designfootball.com. Today I'm joined by the Soccer Nomad podcast and blogs, Austin Long. Hi Austin, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Now Austin, you are a Manchester United fan, is that correct? That's correct. Okay, now... uh, the Manchester United home shirt has just been released for the 2016-17 season. What are your initial thoughts? Well, this one's really interesting uh, because this one is a classic. This is a this is a case of how the internet has changed this. I know that you and and John and the guys from Football Act have talked about how kit releases used to like not really be a thing, and then they became a thing, and now it's we knew months in advance what this was going to look like. Uh, nothing really changed. I, I personally like this one. Uh, I think it's very reminiscent of the home shirt from, I think it was 2007 to 2009, sort of the all red, no contrasting color except for the white stripe down the back. And uh, this is very similar to that. Um, you know, Adidas has moved to the stripes down the torso. So those are in white down the 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 torso area. I really like solid colors. Um, so I really like this one. Uh, you know, the the design elements at work on this one are the big one. I guess is that sort of hexagon shape that goes down the middle, and then of course the two the two toned uh, red colors. Um, so those all work for me. Uh, the hexagon, you know, they came up with. Uh, it's inspired by the B of the Manchester coat of arms. So I actually had to look that up. I had no idea. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a stretch. They had to do something to divide the two colors. That's as good as anything, I guess. Um, I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more contrast in the reds because I really feel that, you know, as the players perspire and run around the field, you really won't be able to tell a difference, and so it'll look all red mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, but I, I, I like what they did. Uh, they didn't do anything crazy. Adidas, in my opinion, has been two for two, uh, so no real complaints from my end. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the the half and half thing, and that they have actually been honest about this. We've seen this half and half uh, type shirt from Manchester United in in recent seasons. We saw it a few years ago with a goalkeeper shirt during Van der Sar's time. There was the half and half shirt that they brought out, um, which is a nod to the old shirts. Now, either you, you they're referencing the white and red that Manchester United wore about say 120 years ago. Or it's a reference to what is known as the Newton Heath shirt, which is gold and, and green. And this is the strange thing for Manchester United to nod to. And they've actually been more open about it this time. Because there's a, is there a little scroll on the back of the neck that says Newton Heath? Is that right? I believe they call it a plate. But yes, it's it's uh, the words Newton Heath in all caps. It's uh, in framed in, in, a, in a sort of ornate rectangle. Okay, because for a lot of people, when you say Newton Heath, you think of the, I think it's the 1992 
third shirt that was released a very famous shirt it was green and gold meant to nod back to an early shirt before manchester united became manchester united they were called uh lancashire and yorkshire railway company or something they represented the 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 railway workers something along those lines um and supposedly back then that team wore a green green and gold shirt there's some debate over whether it was a half and half and half green and gold shirt back then but they certainly released one that nodded to it in 1992 since then there's been uh the the love united hate glazer green and gold movement so you see a lot of or you certainly a few years ago you saw a lot of manchester united fans wearing green and gold scarves at the game so it was almost there was a divide from the the fans who were supporting some sort of traditionalism in contrast with the commercialism of, of the modern club um but now it's like Manchester United are reclaiming that back does that is that something that y- you see in it as well for me as an american who's been following the club for 20 years or so um when the when that kit came out all i could think of was it looked like for me, soccer color, soccer jerseys are one color, and when it was half and half, it it blew my mind. I had no frame of reference. I know, you know, a lot of kit nerds out there can talk about kits from the '60s, '70s, and '80s, and all that. I had no frame of reference, <laughs> and I was just like, "This is crazy," and I I loved it. I, I you know I thought it was really different, um, and I di- I didn't learn years until years later, sort of the historical background to all that. So then, you know, that leads to the historical background and the current environment of the club. For the historical background, I mean, the guys at United Kits and historical football kits have done an amazing job of research. And so I, you know, I checked out what they had to say. And basically in the 1880s, it's really hard to nail down what exactly United shirt even looked like. It's a lot of guessing and a lot of assuming, and they did the best that they could. And, and there's the, there was the the green and gold colors of the railway so people assume that and there's some reference to they bought a set of cashmere uh kits for them so you know you kind of connect the dots and you figure it had to look something like that um you know they look through old programs and news reels that's a historical i mean if for me i take united if you really what we know is from like 1902 newton heath became Manchester United, they have been red ever since. So, you know, it's red. Uh, in terms of, you know, referencing the Newton Heath, in terms of, uh, you know, Love United, you know, Love United, Hate the Glazers. For me as an American, I don't get all of that. Um, we don't have, like, people standing outside the bar where we watch games holding green and gold scarves saying, why are you going in there to support the Glazers? Our, you know, United fans in America just love United. Now, we might not agree with, you know, the transfer policy or the coaching decisions, but we love United. And this whole, the Glazers are, whether it's because they're Americans or because we don't have 130 years invested in the club, I don't know. But we just love United and we just love watching them. And for kit geeks like me, this is an interesting exercise in, you know, are they trying to reclaim Newton Heath? You know, what can they do to, um, you know, stay true to the stay true to the past while making a, a good-looking modern kit? Um, the whole 
the whole glazer element for me is not really important and um the glazers will one day be gone so i really feel that you know if they want to use newton heath colors they should absolutely go ahead and do that and mm. because the glazers will be gone one day and the new owners could be good bad and different so you know let's just let's just make good looking kits is a, my over you know overarching statement yeah, uh, the, you do see a lot of fancy kits, and so there were some counterfeit shirts released a few years ago that were in green and gold, and it that seemed utterly ridiculous. You you thought you would never see a green and gold shirt because of the the backlash against the Glazers at the time. So the the hierarchy would say to Nike, or Nike as it was for a long period, you, you can't release a, a green and gold shirt. Those are colours are are really out of bounds for us. Um, but they have, as I mentioned, there, there was the goalkeeper shirt, which was, had the half and half design. And now we're seeing it again, which is a reference to the past, is a reference to Newton Heath, but obviously steering clear of the green and gold uh, in in the, the palette. But the other elements to it, the, the hexagon thing. So I, my initial, well, I, I didn't think this seriously, but uh, France is uh, nicknamed the hexagon, which... Uh, based on the, the geographical shape of the country. So I wondered if it was maybe a way of welcoming back Paul Pogba, but that <laughs> remains to be seen. Um, I, but apparently not. It's, it's a reference to, to the history of Manchester as a city. But the, I looked at the shirt, and this is, this is ultra-pedantic, but I looked at the hexagons in the middle. So you have one half which is quite dark, one half which is uh, lighter, and then you have these kind of interlocked locking offset offset in more ways than one hexagons that run down the middle as a divider now the hexagons are are all darker aren't they yes they're in the darker color now that seems a little bit strange because i thought you could have on the the furthest away from the dark side hexagons they could be dark maybe and then the other ones could be light and then it could create a dovetailing effect how how the two halves link together but they haven't done that they've done them all dark but if you actually look very very closely the center line that they've chosen to put these these hexagons along is slightly off off center right and it looks strange that you you already got a bigger half because all the hexagons are darker and then i think it's still too far over and it looks a little bit strange. You can notice it when it joins the sponsor and you, you can notice it off the collar. Now, I don't understand how that happens. It's ultra pedantic and it's you would need to look very, very closely. But how they've made that mistake is beyond me. For probably the most valuable football shirt in the world, I, I can't, or second to, to Real Madrid perhaps, I can't believe that that's actually happened. It, is that noticeable to other people or is it just me being particularly picky to be honest i i sort of passed it i sort of saw it in passing I, it it did not stand out to me uh now that you've really laid out i can definitely see it um for me i i see what they did i i see you know you using your suggestion i see how they could have done that um for me is not that big of a deal and i don't and i think on tv when they're in motion and sweating and i just don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal okay but uh, i know yeah. i know a little bit about you so i could see how that would bother you <laughs> yeah yeah it's not the first time someone said to me to just get over it it's probably not that big a deal but uh yeah it's, it's going to cause me problems for the for the whole season to come um 
not not least because there's a dark side and a light side, and a Manchester United team managed by Jose Mourinho is all dark side as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so that's a uh, another uh, problem with it. The other thing about this uh, that I've it's it's interesting that they've chosen that design because Adidas took over the contract last season. And there's a, a video on YouTube by someone called, or the, the channel I think is called Soccer Reviews for You. And it shows the Nike shirt that would have been released last season had Nike continued with Manchester United. So that it was in development and it was produced to a certain level. I don't know how mass produced it was, but it ended up in, in sports stores in America. Uh, small, probably sample items or something like that. And it is a half and half shirt. Have you have you have you noticed that? I know I've just dropped that on you. You might not have been aware of that, but is is that something you were aware of? I wasn't. That's uh, I would love to see that. Yeah, it's it's worth checking out. Um, it does seem genuine. So Nike would have done that a, a season ahead. So I it sounds to me then that that maybe the directive has come from the club that they wanted to release in half and half share. If if two manufacturers have done the same thing, hmm. that sounds that seems to me to be too much of a coincidence. So I, I think it's probably something that was being pushed by the marketing department of the club. Again, that might suggest trying to reclaim the history from the tradi- traditionalist fans who are, who are anti-Glazer. I'm not sure. Um, so that's that's the shirt, more or less. Obviously, the Adidas stripes down the side, which was seen in, in Euro 2016. What other elements are there to the shirt? The shorts and, to the kit, sorry, the shorts and, and socks, they're pretty standard, are they? Yeah, uh, you know, white shorts with red trim, so they will, um, they will, you know, the white stripes from the shirt will transition to red stripes on the shorts. Um, I know that there was some consternation, uh, on the internet, especially about the Spain one where the yells didn't quite match. Um, but this one's a contrast. Mm-hmm. I like this. Uh, the, the socks, I love how we can either talk about this now or later, but I love how they're using the Red Devil uh, element of the crest. So that's right on the uh, shin area, and they, and they have like mm-hmm. a black turnover with red trim. Uh, I love the socks. Adidas has done a really good job with the socks. I love them uh, using this, this Red Devil there. Um, some of the fancy kits that you know hopefully we can talk about have done that and i think that i'd like to see a little more of that but it's you know it's, it's just a it's a typical united kit red shirt white shorts black socks mm. you mentioned the the spain kit there um because that is something i don't know if i'm the person who's been complaining about it on the internet but there has been people a lot of people talking about it the i think the yellow is the same i think it's a it's an optical illusion it's part optical illusion caused by the contrast with whatever colour the yellow is is mounted on top of. So obviously with the Spain shorts, it's blue. With the shirt, it's uh, red. So it creates a different look. So it does look like on the shorts, the yellow is vault. I think the reason is, and it looked like that in matches, but when you look at the replica versions on the Adidas website, the, the yellows do seem to match. I think the what happened is they are heat transfer stripes or slightly different material stripes that are put on the shorts for the the players and i think the the base color of the shorts shows through which slightly tints the color of the stripes i that's my personal view i don't think that it's mismatching i think they were produced to to match 
rather than uh, be uh, slightly in uh, slightly uh, slightly clashing colours like that. Is that if, is it something you've looked into maybe a little bit more than that, or does it, that sound? It wasn't like in you know in plausible. researching uh, for for the Soccer Nomad podcast I did for year twenty sixteen. That was like mm. in the back of my brain. We didn't really talk about it, but when I watched one Spain game, I you know it sort of came to the fore. And I think what the one that really bothered me was that the Belgium shirts, the Belgium trim was Volt instead of like a a rich yellow, which made more sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry. Tangent alert for those who are. <laughs> That, that's all right. That's 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 our bread and butter. Tangents is what we're about. The uh, I I personally I actually quite like the 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 Belgium the vault used on the Belgium kit. So I think it's a nice twist on the colours. Um, that was probably my favourite kit of that tournament. If anyone cares, which they probably don't. But that was uh, yeah. I like that kit, and I I like that they used the vault. Okay, uh, you mentioned some fantasy kits because obviously on design football particularly. We've had competitions before Adidas took over the contract. We had uh, a competition there to design a, an Adidas Manchester United kit. So, are there some on there that you've seen that that have caught your eye and you you like the look of? Yeah, um, you know, uh, I was involved with uh, you for the the Atlanta United uh, fantasy, you know, sort of mock up, and uh, it it opened my eyes to you know. The possibilities and the possibilities of design, and then you know the possible and the uh, all the options on um, design football of people who are out there doing amazing things. So uh, in preparation for this, I kind of dinked around and, and see saw uh, what other people are doing. Yeah, I mean, th- the thing with Adidas and, and Manchester United is that they ha- they have the the background of the 80s where there have been all of these several of them iconic designs there's lots of things happened in the 80s that probably wouldn't happen now obviously they've brought back the this three stripes down the side now which was very rarely seen in in that sort of time it's one of the few shirts european shirts certainly that you can think of that have the adidas stripes down the side back then was uh, was it 1980 Manchester United away shirt that had it so now you're seeing that come back but there's a lot of elements that could be repeated uh, from the 80s and 90s with those Manchester United kits one of the patterns that I think it's the 1990 away shirt had they brought back in last season's I think probably the third kit which was the the black and black one in the uh, one, chest it? area and they also use it for the uh, trim that sort of hem of the home shirt yeah so and and it was a gradient pattern on the shorts, wasn't it? As well, was that right? Yes, I'd rather so not that, talk that, about that. <laughs> I, I I actually saw someone with them in the in the gym the other day. <laughs> Sorry to to bring up the fact I go to the gym. That doesn't. Please don't assume that that means I'm I'm hyper fit or anything like that. I'm not. But uh, but yeah, so yeah. I saw those. It, I saw those shorts in. Someone wearing those shorts in the gym, and they they were pretty good. Um, I I quite like them. There's a as the sort of use uh, multi-purpose element of the shorts they're sort of beach shorts as well as being football shorts so i quite like those things yeah, uh, yeah getting, getting back to those the design um the fancy designs uh you know uh one let's see i'm trying to find his name here um Lucas 08 did a, like we were talking about green and gold half and half and you know use a nike template and it it really 
What I noticed about the design, the fantasy designs that use green and gold, is that they work because uh, the guys who designed them used, you know, Aeon or some sort of sponsor, and it was all in black letters. And I, yeah, yeah I quickly realized that Chevrolet will look awful on these. Um, Lucas 08's version has the black Aeon. It's right across the middle. It looks fantastic. It's got an interesting collar, uh, black shorts. And it looks it looks great, but like you take his design and you if you put it in production with Chevrolet, it would look awful. Um, yeah. Same for so, um, I, let's see, is it looks like Luke Corns did a nice one. He even did a when when I was on for the MLS kits that that jock tag element, he put like a red double yeah. down on the hem, and I really like that one too. Yeah, the the Chevrolet sponsor that this is something when. When we ran the competition on the website, uh, that was something that was was up for grabs. The style of the, how the Chevrolet logo would be presented, and although we saw a few examples of it in the way that Manchester United cho- have chosen, or sorry, the the way the the contract dictates, I would imagine it has to be cho- shown. Um, I don't think many people thought that that would actually come to fruition people probably thought it would be in white as a contrast and it would just be the lettering but to to have the big cross design as well that's quite surprising isn't it it's it's such a obtrusive sponsor and does that take away from the design do you think so when chevrolet was announced i was like okay that's fine and then when i first saw the the mock-ups and the actual kit um it looks fine on it looks fine. It's a little, it's a little jarring to me. I would, I would, I'm hoping if they move towards um, getting rid of the word Chevrolet, that would be the first thing I would do. And the second thing is I would make the that sort of bow tie logo mm. one color, monochromatic. It could be gold. It could be white. You can edge it in a contrasted color so it gives that sort of depth and shape to it. I get that, but I would just go one color because right now it's sort of gold white. It's a bunch of different things. It just, I I like it on the red, not so much on the white, um, and, and that's what I'm hoping that they do in the next couple of years. Um, that they yeah, that, it's yeah, it, it's quite a brave move to do that. Um, but I could see how it would. I can imagine it now, and I I can imagine it looking looking very good. It could almost become iconic. That. But it, I don't think I don't. The reason why I don't think they do that is, I would imagine Chevrolet in America is a huge car brand. So I don't know what percentage of the cars or the roads would be that, but it would be incredibly recognisable. Certainly the logo. Uh, in this country, I don't think it's the case. Right. They they don't have as big a hold, and I think maybe taking over the Manchester United sponsorship. Obviously, Manchester United have a global appeal, and they're trying to push. Uh, sales in America, but I believe that it trying to get hold of the UK market as well might have been a decent part of it. Uh, so, yeah, I I wonder whether they'd be brave enough to remove the lettering. I think they and, may and be. And I think I I totally agree with that. I think what you know I quickly realize is this this shirt and this logo is not for me as an American. It's for the European market. It's for the Asian market. It's increased sales for there. For them, um, I know 
we, before we started talking, Atlanta United released their uh, shirt sponsor, and a lot of people thought that they would go local. You know, Coca-Cola is local to Atlanta, and then a lot of people thought it would be that or one of the airlines. But um, they chose a brand that is trying to get a bigger footprint in the south, the southeast. Coca-Cola, everyone in Atlanta drinks Coke. Literally everyone. Mm. They're not going to sell any more Coke back being on Atlanta United. <laughs> Uh, the company Ameri American Family Insurance signed because they are trying to increase their footprint in this area. So, you know, you mm -hmm. get a bunch of Atlanta United fans running around with the shirts, you get the TV games. Now that's how you do that. Coca-Cola is not going to do that. So I think I think from the Chevrolet's point of view, they are trying to – this is a global play. This is not an American play. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is a pity when, when uh, sponsorship deals are arranged without actually considering – what the kit geeks want because atlanta united without coca-cola on the front that's that sounds like sacrilege really or or the other one would be delta delta airways is it right so one of those at least but no that's that's it's a shame but we we wait to see what those kits look like maybe maybe we'll be proved wrong on that and uh the other sponsor will work out better yeah i just want to okay. i want to mention one more fancy kit um, yeah. Uh, Bico, B-I-C-O, put together a yep. home shirt um, using, it may be like a modified vapor template, uh, but like I talked about earlier, he has the trident of the Red Devil coming over one of the shoulders, and I, I really, really like this one, and I I hope that, you yep. know, Adidas or whoever the manufacturers in the future uses more of these elements. You know, the, uh, the um, full-time Red Devil's uh, YouTube channel. Um, yep, yep. They, I like their logo, how it uses the Trident, um, and I hope mm -hmm. that more design elements do that too. So, anyway, the yeah. fancy, the fancy, going through the fancy kits was amazing, and and there's some really creative people out there. That the one you mentioned there, I think it's it's a nod to the Adidas kits for about 1991, 92, that sort of time. The Adidas equipment, where the the three stripes came over the shoulder of three uh dennis hurley calls it um obnoxious bars i think um and i think that trident is if it's the one i'm thinking of that trident is used to kind of replicate that is that is that's what we're saying over the the right shoulder as the player wears it is yeah right? uh, i know that you know you guys have talked about the liverpool shirts and and that 94 yeah. template that sort of thing yeah yeah, um, I'm glad. Adidas, uh, it, I'm glad United never got one of those. But I know, I know the template you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, well, th I mean, th that's the thing about Manchester United. They they've had some fantastic kits. So as soon as Adidas stopped, and they were making great kits for them. One of the last kits they made, or one of the last shirts certainly that they made, was the 1991 uh, European the one-off shirt which they wore in the 1991 Cup Winners Cup final. Uh, that was a really great shirt and. Uh, sort of very much of its time uh, and about as about as modern as you could get at the time um, I remember them playing against Barcelona in that match and Barcelona's kit although it was great as well in its own way seemed incredibly dated compared with the one Manchester United were wearing so uh, yeah that they've had great kits with Adidas so then when Umbro took over there was some fantastic things that they did there referencing the history um innovation in in the styles but also with a retro feel so yeah pretty lucky overall but it's it's a hugely marketable club so the the true effort really is is going to go into manchester united kits you would hope um so the 
the other ones we, we've got the away we'll talk about the third kit which i don't think is released yet but is we've seen enough leaks to be pretty sure of what, what it is we'll get to that in a second but the away kit is the blue one is that right yes uh this one you know it's been out for probably about a month or so and um i really don't like it <laughs> um, right this one so you know every every couple years uh manchester united releases a blue kit uh as the home shirt um you know in, in my research you know from the late 30s to the mid 50s it was used as the chain shirt and um you know recently it pops up every couple of years um the, this one has several things happening one is adidas is using sort of this heathered t-shirt look um, hmm. I think it started with, I, th as far as I can tell, it started with Real Madrid's away from last year it was sort of that gray, almost looked like they were wearing like t-shirt and shorts. Um, and, and here in America, I think we hinted at on, uh, on our chat about MLS, but the, the Seattle Sounders, uh, have that as their third shirt. It's a, it's a very interesting, very, very vibrant light blue and, and contrasting sort of darker blue. But it looks it's it's got these like elements in the shirt, so is 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 it is if you're wearing a t-shirt. Um, so mm. United got the treatment on that, and I don't mind the shirt so much. I don't mind that texture. What uh, what really bothers me is that they used red uh, as the trim. I just don't think that works. It was used a couple years ago. Uh, for those that remember, in the early 2000s, sorry, the mid 2000s, uh, there was yeah. a Nike shirt with the blue sort of that red bar going across the shoulder. Um, and I just didn't, I don't like the blue and the red. And this one's got like this really dark red. I feel it's kind of muddled. I, I'm interested to hear what you have to say, but um, it just, you know, it's, the the badge is this red and it just gets lost in the shirts. Um, I think that they should have used, you know, white or I don't know. I, I would have done white. I, I think white yeah. with, you know, the Adidas in white, the, the Manchester United badge in white, the Adidas stripes in white, would have allowed it to pop and really look good. Uh, and then what really, really, really bothers me is that the shorts are a darker blue, and they just don't match. It just doesn't make sense. If you want to do all blue from, you know, the 1968 European Cup final, that's great, and yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, I had the 2008 version, I have, I love, it's one of their best shirts. You know, it's very simple. But this contrasting short color looks awful, um, and I'm not sure why they did it. Yeah, so, uh, the, I think it's like a marl effect. I think that's what a lot of people call it. Uh, yeah, as you say, Real Madrid had it last season with their grey kit. They had a grey and uh, vault yellow kit, I think. Vault yellow trim on it. And it was the same thing. You had a lightish shirt, and then you had slight, slightly darker shorts. Uh, and the only point at which it tied in and it looked like it matched was actually when the players were sweating a lot and when the sweat patches came through that tied in with the colour of the shorts and, and, which is... and so United played Dortmund in ridiculous heat in Shanghai and I saw that and I was like oh that's why they did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's that's a terrible terrible thing isn't it it's, it's, you are drawing you, you are creating Pers perspiration uh you are turning perspiration into a design feature 
And I mean, I haven't seen that since the global hypercolor t-shirts of the of the early nineties. Well, that's a, a strange approach. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the. I think it was the Portugal from twenty fourteen. Their home shirt had that sort of blinds, so the alternating maroon colors. And when they sweat, it became the maroon of Portugal that you would associate with it. But until they started, until about the sixtieth minute, you didn't see it that way. Uh, right. Okay. There, there is a phrase in in um, in France. People talk about um, "wear le maillot," which means uh, wet the shirt. So it's it's something that that players will call. Uh, sorry, the supporters will call out for and say, "Tell tell the players to wet the shirt," as in start running around a little bit more, put more effort in, start sweating, so we know you're actually trying. And and I don't know. It can't be a nod to that. I can't believe that they're they're saying that. It's a nice marketing thing to say they only really look like the team that they are once they start sweating. So until that point, if they're not putting in a lot of effort, then they're unrecognisable. But they become recognisable when they're really putting putting the work, work in and um, they're, they're sh- it shows and it's actually literally coming through. Uh, so so yeah, Adidas it's... Soccer, if you're listening, you can rewrite your marketing materials and relaunch the shirts. And you can uh, credit Jay and myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can. Yeah, they they can have that if they if they're brave enough to use that as part of their marketing, then they can have that. That's fine. So that that was that's the case with with that shirt and the the Real Madrid one. the The other thing is that th- traditionally there has been a contrast in colours between shirt and shorts, and sometimes it's barely noticeable. But generally speaking, the the fabric used on the shirt and the shorts is different. So you, the printing and um, the dyeing effects are going to have a different effect overall. So I remember a few years ago, there was a, a Barcelona kit where the shirt would look orange in daylight, but I think uh, under floodlights it would look pink. And that was a deliberate thing, which was a great thing, but it wouldn't have the same effect on the shorts the, the first choice shorts were navy but there were some orange slash pink uh chain shorts for it and those wouldn't look they wouldn't change at the same rate so you if you look at pictures from that time you can see the change in colors certainly with the socks as well so there would you would, the player would be wearing an orange shirt but would be wearing pink socks but nike's new thing is that the shirted shorts are made out of the same material certainly the is it the stadium version or the authentic version, whichever one the players wear, is actually made out of the same material, which they say is revolutionary. And then you you could avoid this sort of thing. So Adidas are a little bit behind there, maybe, if they're still insisting that the shorts and the shirt are going to differ slightly. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. I really think, you know, the Nike, um, that, that talking point for the new Vapor kit is interesting and since I'm not a high-performance athlete, I really don't know how all that works. Uh, <laughs> but you, you do mention the the sort of when players sweat or perspire, how the the sort of the thing the pictures of the marketing materials are not reflected on the on your TV screen. And I, you know, there that's definitely uh, an interesting element to kit design and, and all of that. I just think in this case, I don't. I think Adidas just m- made different shorts just different color shorts because Mm. and uh, i really don't think they were thinking about sweating through the shirt or under the floodlights or anything i think it's just something they decided to do Mm. which is a strange thing isn't it that's 
it's we've seen it we've seen different tones and about five years ago there was a lot of a lot of thing in, in fashion as well as in football kits so i think Bayern had a kit a couple of years ago that was part orange and part red maybe so there was um so the, the putting together of these two colors that generally speaking traditionally you would describe as clashing they they called it um color blocking or something i can't remember exactly what they called it but it suddenly became in in fashion to to have clashing colors next to each other in these big blocks um i yeah it doesn't seem to work on this on the the manchester united away kit uh and the red as well like you say if if you the only reason manchester united wear blue is to nod to the 68 european cup victory so in in that case get something that is more faithful to that and that certainly didn't have any red trim on it as far as i remember correct uh yeah so it's sportswear it's not necessarily manchester united <laughs> i would say uh yeah so it's it's oh sorry the other thing regarding the seattle sounders this is we talked a while back i can't remember what number it was but we talked about the mls kits that came out earlier this year and we talked about Seattle Sounders and and I talked about base layers as uh, uh, as is my wont. And the the thing is, the replica shirts and the player shirts for MLS kits are very very different. And on that kit, one of them I think is the replica ones. The the shirts are actually the the sleeves of the shirt are actually a plain. Uh, uh, are actually plain rather than the the body of the shirt which has that mild pattern and you see things like that they often have different collars as well on the shirt have you noticed that in mls well in terms of the authentic and the uh, replica yes um you know the venting elements and, and the logos are you know not embroidered they're you know heat mm. transferred um there was i haven't seen it this year but there was a collar one and uh, it's escaping me but um oh i know what it was it was a seattle for a couple years ago they had the the authentic that that one the france those i forgot what you call it that those the ones that make the body shape those sort of tape around the from the shoulder down to the hem tech fit tech fit thank you um i did see authentics of that and i just like wow like it is a big difference um, mm. and, and the weight is a big difference. I think that's the biggest thing I noticed when you go to the, you know, if you go to a game, you go to the store and you just buy the, the replica and then you see the authentic, it's the weight is the biggest difference. Mm. In terms of design, I haven't seen, I mean, there was one a couple of years ago, but recently, I mean, they look the same, uh, but like I said, it's the weight and the sort of performance elements that are different. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's worth having a look through the individual stores of the MLS teams because most of them will have both on sale. They'll have the authentic shirt, which would cost uh, probably $50 more. Um, and it's, it's sometimes it's genuinely part of the design is different. I don't really understand why. And I wonder whether there's a slightly different market research. It's probably... Uh, how much it's going to cost to develop and how much it's going to cost to, to mass produce. But I wonder if there's a little bit of market research that goes in there and says, well, what, how much, what's going to look great on TV and what's going to look great in the street, maybe? I don't know. It's, it's just speculation. But sometimes they are so different, the, the two shirts. What is, 
what is marketed as a maybe it's it's to say you if you really want to to look like the players on the pitch then you have to pay that premium yep. otherwise you can have something that's a long way away from what's being worn on the pitch and and notab- noticeably so so it's uh it's interesting stuff anyway um okay so that is the away kit done now the third kit which isn't released the it's a, a describe it for me you've seen the third kit i take it yep um i i would say it's a white shirt and it takes this hexagon, uh, hexagons, uses it across the shoulder in, I would say, a dark gray or charcoal. Um, and it kind of does this gradient thing on the shoulders. Um, and then that, that this this color, this dark gray, is what's used for the Adidas stripes, the logos, uh, and then the contrasting shorts. Um, from the leaks you know, that we've seen so far, the, the darkness of the gray is in varying degrees. Um, but I like it. I like the contrast. I think it's something very, you know, it's it's something different, but not too radical. Um, and then I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the hexagons on the shoulder. You know, it's sort of interlocking. It's got the the darkest gray is through the middle, and then it kind of fades out from there. Yeah, uh, it, it's it gives off a kind of a snakeskin effect, doesn't it? It's, well, it seems like. <laughs> semi-reptilian i would say so i yes and that's that's where i was hoping you were gonna go because uh, i was talking to someone on twitter about that and we were having a back and forth and it is uh when we were talking about the mls shirts the uh, philadelphia union uh have a sort of a tannish khaki uh middle stripe big thick stripe down the middle and contrasting navy blue and this year uh part of their sort of their logo elements is a snake, so they did a sna- fading snakeskin through the the khaki parts, and I really wish United had done or you know Adidas had done that instead of this because this one doesn't quite work. Yeah, I don't know if it's the intention because it, if I don't I don't know why why they would try to do that. I know I mean. Warrior gave Liverpool some horrendous kits with all kinds of strange, uh, almost tribal patterns on the sleeves, and that was terrible. But I don't know why it would happen with Manchester United. I, I, I would have thought that they would have a better narrative to what they do than to say, okay, well, uh, a snakeskin's an interesting element. It's, yeah, I think it, it's it just, it. I think it, they back, they accidentally got into it by trying to stay with this B hexagon tribute thing i think they actually yeah it just happened on accident and they were probably thinking okay we're going to use the hexagons and we want to do a gradient and so when you put the two of those together they actually backed into a snakeskin i don't think snakeskin was the <laughs> the intention no no but that that is the is the result and what you say about the philadelphia union show i know it's the one you're talking about there and that is fantastic that's a great element to it uh i don't know if we spoke about it when we did our podcast i don't remember us talking about that maybe maybe it was one that was released a little bit later but that was fantastic uh yeah uh, what what color are the shorts on this third kit then so it's whatever gray that's eventually used it's this it it, it's this gray so it's kind you know you have a white shirt and contrasting dark gray Mm. shorts um with the you know the badge on the front um again i like it i am i haven't seen a full 
color, or excuse me, a full uh, picture of the kit. I imagine the socks would be white, but they could be this this gray charcoaly color. Um, but yeah, I mean, they needed with the uh, red, with the red home and the blue change, they needed a white one, um, and so this is what we get. Yeah, that was always something that Alex Ferguson, I believe, insisted upon. They, he wanted a white change kit every season. Uh, so that's... I, I don't know if they've had it every season. I imagine they've had it every season, one way or another, since he left, either through carrying it over from the previous season um, or releasing a new one. But, yeah, Manchester United will always have white kits, I think, for the for the foreseeable future or the option of wearing a white kit. Uh, yeah, I'm... I, I, I'm a little bit surprised at that. There, there is, as we've mentioned, there's so much to choose from in the past, and to create something entirely new. Well, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but to to have something that goes away, that appears to go away from the theme, despite tying in with those hexagons on the sleeves, is is. Uh, mm, I'm I'm not sure how popular that will be. It it remains to be seen. Hugely popular compared with shirt sales of most other clubs and national teams on the planet but uh whether it hits the true potential of a manchester united kit i don't know uh yeah so th that's the the three kits uh i'm where are we with adidas as as things stand are, are we as a manchester united fan would you say you're you're pleased with the output so far or must try harder or what so far um the home both home kits have been home runs uh last year's away which was a white with the uh, red you know the red adidas stripes down the shoulder really really grew on me and um that's one that i might pick up especially if i can find one with like the fa cup uh, so, sorry that's the one they won the fa cup final against crystal palace um mm. i might be willing to part ways with some money for that um, so that was a good one. I mean, the black one, the black, uh, the black one from last year, the, the third strip, I didn't really like. Uh, I could never decide if it was red or orange trim. Um, the shorts were absolutely horrific, and I'm glad they only had to wear them like once, I think, or maybe twice. I mean, they even used all black shorts, so they didn't have to wear them. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really like that. Um, I think again, had they done that shirt. Uh, with a white trim, I think it might have worked because they only used that—I don't even know what to call it—that sort of M Adidas thing from the '90s that's you know across mm. the chest. And if you looked at it in the right light, you could see it. Otherwise, it sort of blended in, which I, which I like. I don't need it to be in my face. Uh, and then this—you know—the home, the away from this year. I just—I don't get. I mean, I get where they're coming from. I just—I think it's poor execution. So, and if the change is is going to be what we think about, that's a—you know—that's in the middle. It's not—it's not awful, uh, but it's not awesome either. So they're about—they're about fifty percent, in my opinion. Yeah. The uh, the other thing about the the third kit is I, I would be more accepted of that design if it was a goalkeeper kit. So that, well, that's that what it, shoulder that, pattern. That's what it looks like. Uh, all the MLS goalkeepers are wearing almost a variation of that. It's not a hexagon. It's I think it's a different geographic, geo, geometric uh, shape. But 
it, and it's shiny like the it, i don't know you, you, i'm sure you know what we're talking about i'm trying to get list mm. to describe it for the listeners but uh the the shoulders have this geometric shape that's shiny and it kind of but but it kind of looks like this this united chain shirt really looks like that excuse me the united third shirt really looks like that and that's not awesome no it's uh it's it's a strange one the the other thing about the kits the united kits obviously adidas adidas's top club well real madrid and manchester united are, are the top uh the top teams in its in its stable really perhaps there'll be an uh, international team thrown in there at uh, germany or something but they're really up there so the misconception i think was that the top teams would get the the torso stripes next uh, this coming season in 2016-17 would get the torso stripes down the side and uh, the lesser teams might get a slightly older style or a uh, more team wear style where the Adidas the stripes remain on the shoulders but they've they've got the stripes on the shoulders of the away kit as well now is that a cover at all basis sort of thing or is I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised at that I would have expected all three kits next season to to utilize this this new uh, new approach with the three stripes down the side or maybe it's for visibility and they wanted at least one Manchester United shirt to have visible stripes when players are being interviewed after games or something. I, what, what we, do you have any feelings on that, or what would you, what do you prefer? Because the the feeling is that this is a very much a temporary thing, and the shoulder stripes, shoulder and sleeve stripes will be returning uh, sooner rather than later. Do you have a preference on that? Well, I like, I like this new version, this the the stripes down the chest and torso. I prefer that. Mm. Um, I, cause I like, um, I like, like this clean, you just look at and you see it, uh, sort of look, um, you know, this, the, the, uh, Manchester United Adidas shirts from the mid eighties with that sort of thing, that design element that comes over the shoulder with no Adidas stripes. I love it. Uh, that's like one of my favorite ones. Um, because the Adidas stripes, it's just too, it's too much. Um, I, I but and, and I guess I don't know why it bothers me more than say the Kappa tape or the uh, Hummel Hummel chevrons from years past. But the Adidas one is just too much. It's like I get that you're Adidas. I don't need mm-hmm. I don't need the three stripes. I but you know again I understand why they do it. I think that they're doing the um, not all teams have it down the torso and then the same team having it in different places. I think it's just a to keep it, they I don't think they want to commit to anything, so they just kind of do a little bit here and a little bit there. So, that, you know, it's not like a big design change, say, in five years when they go back to the shoulders. Um, I, I, I would much prefer it that way, a little bit here and there, instead of always seeing the stripes always in the same place. Yeah. Um, now, th- the question now is, so you, you've had the, the home shirts, as you say, you're pretty happy with from the past two seasons. I know it's jumping the gun a little bit because they the shirts only been just been released and we haven't even started the new season. But where do Adidas go from here for the for the following shirt? Is do they do they dip into history again, or is there is there a new is there a wholly new approach that they could take with Manchester United? Yeah, that's uh, that's something I've thought about. Like, what would I want to see? Um, you know, Nike really didn't do. 
uh, you know, so Nike was the manufacturer before they, you know, they Nike brought in the chevron. Uh, there was a black, there's excuse me, there's a red shirt with a black chevron, which is like a mm. callback to like the early 1900s. Um, other than that, you know, they use that gingham check pack, you know, the picnic blanket shirt, um, which is, you know, sort of the textile industry of Manchester. I guess what I would like to see, as, at least from the home shirt, is just keep it red and then maybe like little hints. I mean, this hexagon that they used this year is not, it's not awful, um, but it's a hint. I like, I like the sort of how they kind of just like do a hint back to the past. I would like to see the laces come back. I would love that. <laughs> um, I don't think that will ever happen, but uh, I would love to see that. Um, and then I would like to see, you know, sort of these shadow patterns. I think they could bring that back in a small way, not like over the top 90s way. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing something used in that way. And then I guess for the home, or excuse me, for the change and the third, I would love to see a green and gold come back. I would just, I really thought, because uh, there were leaks early where the green and gold was the leak, and everyone thought that was going to be it. So that's why I thought they were doing like a half and half red to do with that with the to match the half and half or the green and gold but that didn't quite happen ah. um i thought they were gonna try and make a set out of it you know very you know appeal to john devlin types out there um but that didn't happen uh so you know for me the blue every couple of years you know just keep it tasteful um same sorts of things that i said about the home um you know keep it modern maybe a hint to the past uh, you know, white shirts. Um, and like I said before, I, you know, I think they need to start using more design elements from the crest, you know, the, the ship, the devil, um, those sorts of things to kind of, kind of freshen it up instead of just being a red shirt or a blue shirt or a white shirt. Hmm. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I, I wonder where they could go. You mentioned the, the Chevron, the, that Nike put on the shirt. That was an interesting uh, way of doing things because the shirt he actually refl uh, refers to is a white shirt, I believe, with a red chevron or a thin red chevron. I think that had the the lace up collar as well, that original one. Yeah, from the nineteen twenties. Nineteen twenties. Okay, uh, nineteen. So the centenary is around around was around the year 2000 was it when when was the the when when manchester united became manchester united what yeah so 19 so they were founded as you know they renamed as manchester united in 1902 so the uh, um the 100th anniversary kit was that reversible one yeah um which i have and i love that one um you know that was the 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 away slash third shirt um you know white on one side gold on the other um that was yeah. uh, the last uh, umbro kit yeah and i i know those and they they don't they don't stand up too well to to be a wash because they have heat transfers on the gold side certainly i think they have heat transfer badges and they they don't tend to to hold up too well but um the thing with with nike is the gingham thing was a little bit trying too hard to to put something new on each season so the the gigan check type print on it which it it worked out okay because I, I don't think it was that noticeable it wasn't that obtrusive but it was a little bit desperate i think so whether or not adidas will hit the same problems and they're only two seasons in 
And I would, I'm a little surprised that they've gone with hex, this hexagon thing so early, with when there are so many things that they can pick and choose from from their from their earlier sets. But I don't know if they get, their idea is to start releasing the 80s shirts as retro models as well as part of the originals range that's something that's open to them i think they've done it with tracksuits and sweatshirts that kind of thing already uh but they i don't know if they've actually done it with a shirt yet if have you seen any actual shirts being re-released uh you know other than uh was it toffs and some other stuff i haven't uh score draw i haven't seen anything from adidas but that's not to say mm. they're not out there um, I think, I, you know, I think that they should keep those designs in, you know, in the, in their back pockets so that they could roll out a mid eighties version as the 2018 kit or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing these sort of deep V necks that they used this year, uh, along with some, you know, modern elements, sort of what they did last year, sort of tweak that a little bit, but yeah, if they release, you know, if they go whole. 80, you know, 80s range. I think they're going to lose some design elements that for the future because they have a 10-year contract. So there's eight more iterations to go. Ah, yeah. So they're they're going to have to keep the ideas coming. Um, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. And and I am a little bit underwhelmed. I think when I I remember being incredibly excited when I heard that Adidas were coming back and for the, so far the six kits that have been that i've seen it, it's not great so far for me but i am i'm outside of it so the the key point i suppose is to appeal to manchester united fans you're reasonably happy with the home kits the the change kits may be less so uh i yeah i hope hoping for better in the future and uh, to have a, a second season where you're looking at it and thinking hmm not could could have done better again is is a little bit of a shame there's it's had its moments so far but just the state of things today in in yeah i think we'd hope for more uh you know the euro 2016 and copa america kits uh i think turned out i think i was very down on several of them and i either softened or i just ignored those i really i really like the kits from the tournaments this summer uh and then i you know i'm getting ready for the uh, EPL preview show that I'm going to do. And uh, there's some really interesting designs. And um, what's really striking me is that there's 10 different manufacturers for the EPL season. It's interesting how there's all these new new companies coming in with new ideas. And mm. I think it could help, uh, you know, kind of push Nike and Adidas to be a little more creative, a little more risky instead of just, you know, rolling out a, you know, Adidas rolling out a solid body with uh, stripes down the torso. Or Nike just keep rolling out variations of this Vapor template. Yeah. Uh, I think they are. Those... It's interesting that the manufacturers are deciding to put so much money or so so much money into one big team or, or a lot fewer big... Uh, fewer teams but with a huge reach. So the international team, so Nike put a lot of money into France, obviously they're really trying, rumour has it, they're really trying to get hold of Germany as well. So they go for very big teams, uh, but then letting some of the smaller contracts slip. Uh, yeah, it is it is quite exciting. The, the other manufacturers popping up, um, there's some 
very interesting things going on and it, it does keep it fresh but we will always look to the likes of Adidas and Nike to see what they're they're coming out with and uh mm, it's it's a strange time the vapor the vapor kits have their uh good points and their bad points for from Nike but yeah overall perhaps a little bit of complacency setting in from a a lot of the designers so yeah head over to designfootball.com and then you can see what what everyone else thinks should be going going on in the world of kit design uh austin this has been fantastic thank you for coming on uh wonderful knowledge of of manchester united uh well, how can we get hold of you so obviously you're on the the soccer nomad podcast and blog how do we get hold of you for those yeah my my blog is uh soccer nomad.wordpress.com that has uh, all my posts on uh kits and uh i you know i post about memories through you know memories that have shaped uh my fan uh my soccer uh fandom if you will uh, i also have austin long 1974.potomac.com uh i uh i do a lot of interviews with you know kit kit geeks like yourself and rich and chris and i'm hoping to get john on the show and uh jr francis is you know uh, atlanta resident who joins me from time to time so we you know you have the occasional kit podcast i also interview uh people uh, fans especially here in atlanta and about uh, who they support uh, I, I really find interesting that there's there's almost a dozen different supporter groups here in Atlanta supporting teams from all over Europe and uh, so I talk to them uh, try to watch a game with them talk about the game talk about the match talk about uh, their memories of clubs so uh, that's been that's been really uh, great to, to meet all these different fans so yeah so that's uh, the blog and podcast and you can follow me on Twitter at Austin long 1974 so you know I'm always scouring twitter for you know the recent uh kit news and soccer news and and rumors and all that and uh having great conversations yeah uh regarding the podcast the whatever jr francis is on that's certainly worth listening to he's very very opinionated um he doesn't really hold back does he he doesn't he's uh he makes a good foil i'm more down the middle and uh you know he he goes out there and he does not pull punches um he you know uh, and and he's a he's a graphic designer and uh, he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of I, I feel qualified opinions about how colors fit together design elements very much like yourself like the hexagon now I gotta go ask him about it because I wonder if he saw that he's a city fan so we have that dynamic going on as well uh-huh. uh, so we just have great conversations uh, about kits excellent uh, the w- when you speak to the supporter groups as well would definitely recommend uh listening to those podcasts where where the the different clubs around atlanta the different supporter clubs of mainly european teams um there's when their representatives come on the podcast because there's some fascinating stories on those definitely worth a listen and uh, they are your podcasts tend to be a little bit shorter than these don't they would you do about half an hour at, uh, at a time is it yeah um you know i try to keep it around 30 minutes um the kit ones tend to go a little longer because uh <laughs> everyone's got an opinion um <laughs> but yeah I, you know i keep it short and um because you know i know you know people i mean i'm i'm personally a big podcast listener so i'm listening to podcasts all the time so i can't listen to them all uh, but I try to keep it 30 minutes, get to, you know, get to get to know some of the supporters, have them give a quick story, uh, how you can find them. 
you know, on social media and stuff. And um, it just, you know, it's just a quick conversation that, you know, and, and ideally, uh, you know, I'll do second, third, fourth podcasts with these guys and really explore uh, the groups and, and more of their members. Yeah, There's, they're great listens. And obviously, uh, it's it's something that you don't need to dedicate a whole day to when you when you got them in these uh, small chunks like that so that's fantastic as well um thank you so much austin if you want to get hold of me i'm j29ers on twitter there is design football on twitter as well there is designfootball.com on facebook and obviously the website so visit there sign up if you haven't signed up uh upload designs there's a, a strong community on there where people will uh, give you encouragement. They will talk about how you can improve your designs. There are people who will offer templates you could use if you don't know how to design these fantasy kits. But if you just want to come along to visit and have a look, see what's going on, then that's great as well. Uh, so thanks very much again, Austin. Speak to you again soon, I hope. And uh, yeah, there'll be another podcast on its way very, very soon. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>